Hi, this is Lori. Welcome to Hike, where we explore, wander, and live. In today's episode, we get to meet author and hiker, Danny Bernstein. Danny's going to tell us about her accomplishment of hiking all of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park trails, the hikes that she leads with Friends of the Smokies and the Carolina Mountain Club, and just the love of being on the trail. I hope you enjoy this episode. Good morning, Danny. Thanks for joining me today. Good morning, Lori. So I wanted to reach out to you to talk a little bit about the um, 900 Miler Club. I had been doing some research about hiking in the Smokies and came across this um, informational page about people that have went ahead and hiked all of the trails in the Smokies, and it seemed like such a, an amazing accomplishment. It's something that you know I someday would love to do. Um, just seems so out of reach. But tell me a little bit about you know what inspired you to hike um, and become a 900 miler. Well, I guess that I am a list taker uh, and a uh, challenge aficionado. And after doing a couple of other challenges in this area just seemed like the next one, especially since I am so privileged to live so close to the Smokies. So you live close by. Um, how often do you get over um, to hike in the Smokies these days? Not as much as I like, but I would say every good couple of weeks there is some reason for me to go out there. Okay. So when you do go out, is there a, a trail that you tend to want to go back to? Is there a certain area that that you feel is, is your favorite in the park? Well, I live in Asheville, which means that I'm on the North Carolina side of the Smokies. But usually I'm going to the Smokies because I need to check something out or I have, uh, I'm going to lead a hike and I need to check that out or I'm actually leading the hike. So um, I go where I'm supposed to go, so to speak, both in North Carolina and Tennessee. So um, speaking of leading hikes and just, you know, doing that type of activity, you know, how do you feel that's different than um, just the normal hiking you've done? Um, tell me a little bit about the groups that go on your hikes and, and just how how interesting um, that is for you to do. Well, leading hikes to me is giving back. It's volunteering like any other kind of volunteering. So I right now I read for Carolina Mountain Club, which is the largest hiking club in western North Carolina, maybe in the whole state. And then I also lead for Friends of the Smokies. Uh, which is the park partner that raises money for the park. And they have many, many events. But my contribution is to lead hikes in places that most people would not go. I mean, on trails. Um, so I try to find unusual entrances, historical artifacts, and create a hike 
um, that is uh, not as popular as what I call the top of the pops. Well, that sounds very interesting because uh, as, as someone, you know, I, I might have spent maybe um, a dozen times at the park and, um, you know, there is a lot of the main areas or the more common trails, but I think for me, I'd like to get to know more of the areas where there's a lot of historical um, you know, pieces to it and, and things about, you know, the people that live there and, and finding out more about the land itself. So can you tell me a little bit about maybe one of the, you know, more recent ones you've done um, and, and where you went? Uh, okay. Um, I can talk to you about the Catalucci area, which to me is the most fascinating is a fascinating part of the Smokies because so many of the artifacts are still there. So um, there are still houses that have been preserved, um, school, churches, depending on where you go. And you realize that all of those artifacts are preserved by the National Park Service. And uh, even though they're volunteers, ultimately, uh, the responsibility goes to them. But you can really picture how people live. And of course, there's a lot of documentation in Catalucci as well. So you can drive to a lot of those places or, and or you could create a hike, several hikes, that show you um, how these, these towns connected. Big Catalucci, Little Catalucci, and other areas. Oh wow! Yeah, that sounds so interesting. And I think uh, most people, you know, find that they're, you know, not getting off the beaten path. And it sounds like, you know, you're able to help um, introduce them to areas and to history that they may not, you know, have known otherwise just by, you know, being a park visitor. That's right, and that's part of the fun of it because um, on our various hikes, whether um, whether it's Carolina Mountain Club or Friends of the Smokies, we not only get regulars, which is great, but we get a lot of visitors who somehow find us and sign up. And, and this may be their only visit to the Smokies ever, including we've had international visitors. So is this something that year-round um, the clubs are, are sponsoring hikes or being able to to get out into the wilderness? Well, Carolina Mountain Club, and I basically lead hikes for any nonprofit that asks me. Um, that's kind of my day job now. And um, the Carolina Mountain Club has hikes all year round, uh, four hikes a week in various places, not just the Smokies. But, um, and Friends of the Smokies does a hike once a month. And uh, again, mostly in these hard to, we think of as hard to find places. And I've helped, and I started the program for Friends of the Smokies several years ago, and I uh, help in designing each year's set of hikes. That is, um, that's pretty interesting there. So you're knowing ahead of time, you know, where you want to go and crafting, you know, that itinerary. Um, do you feel like your experience then as a 900 miler kind of led to uh, being able to do this? 
I think so. I think, yeah, the, the, the interesting thing about the nine, doing the 900 miles is discovering a lot of trails, which, by the way, is not no discovering. I mean, there are plenty of maps. There are plenty of books. It, it's, uh, it's not like the wilds. Um, it's very well documented, but it's very interesting to see how trails connect as well. You know, not just from the trailhead to a trail and back or circle, but gee, if I went that way, uh, I could do another whole day, for example. Do you think that, um, you know, did you do more than one map or did you just do the one um, completion of the 900 miles? Oh, I've only done, uh, I've only done one map. I don't do things over again. There are other challenges. Uh, to do, and you know, I keep going back to the Smokies and using the knowledge I had for the 900 miles, but I'm not doing another map, no. And plenty of people do. I mean, there are people who are on their eighth, ninth, tenth map. So, so tell me, um, you know, when you were doing it, and you know, you said how you, you know you like to do the challenges. Um, was there ever though a time during you know the, completing those trails that you just thought? You know, maybe this, maybe I'm not going to complete it, or did you feel pretty confident um, all the time that this was something you you were going to, you know, check off the list? Oh, there were lots of times where I said this is not possible. Oh, rather, I. Um, you need fr that's not true. I was going to say you need friends to help you, but that's not true. There are plenty of people who do it completely by themselves, and I want to give them all the credit. But looking at the map, there were some areas that um, I felt I need somebody else to, to do this with me or to pick me up at the end. Um, many people do some backpacking. I did some backpacking to get into the interiors. But many other people do 20 to 25 miles a day, so they don't have to backpack. Um, plenty of people who pride themselves in never having spent a night in the woods. Uh, and uh, they've had people meet them, drop them off, hike very long distances. That's another way of doing it. And I think that, I mean, you talked about having friends or having people kind of as a support um, as well. And, and, you know, even though some people do it alone, it, that leads me to think about, you know, the actual uh, hiking community in the Smokies and just from what I've experienced myself when I've hiked there and uh, the connections I've made through various you know means um, the groups and meetups that are out there it, it feels like a very unique um, you know community and I just wanted to get your thoughts on you know how you feel about you know the community of hikers that are that are out there the hikers are the best uh, but I have to tell you, Laurie, that's true all over the world, uh, that uh, hikers help each other and support each other. In the Smokies, because we have this challenge, which, by the way, I did a little research when I wrote some articles about it. Uh, things may have changed since then. I have yet to find another park that has a challenge like like we do in the Smokies. Encourage hiking, of course, but, um, and some people may have done all the trails I know in Glacier, for example, but I do not know of 
a actual official challenge like the Smokies. So uh, there are clubs that do nothing but help each other finish or continue the 900. And, and of course, there's a whole, and from there you meet people and say, hey, I need this trail. Okay, but I need that one. And uh, they combine. So we're very supportive of each other. So what advice would you have for someone who's thinking about, you know, trying to take on that that challenge to hike all of the trails? Well, the physical part of it is not, you know, if you're a hiker, it's not very difficult. It's like everything else in the world, it's perseverance. And um, sometimes it looks like some internal trail is impossible. You need to join a hiking club, and there are hiking clubs all over the world. Come in, Come with us, and you'll meet people who are doing it, and then... Um, you can do it by yourself. It means a lot of there and back. But I'm, uh, and I've hiked by myself, don't get me wrong. But you need to, it's very good to have other people. It's very good to be organized. Um, and don't worry so much about doing it efficiently. The networks are very difficult. You know, when I did the Appalachian Trail, it's very easy in terms logistically. You start at point A and you end at point B, and it's linear. Linear trails are very easy to do, um, but this is a network, which means you're going to do some trails over and over again to be able to get into the uh, the heart of the park. Yeah, I mean, 900 miles is, is just the, the name of the club, but honestly, I think it varies, right? People have, you know, finish it in in different mileage, depending on, on how they connect, you know, like you said, exactly. network of trails. Now, it's called 900 miles, but there are actually only 803 miles of official trails. The reason it's called the 900 miles is because when the idea first started in the, nine, in the 90s, I believe, uh, a group of people went to the park and the park said, yeah, there's about 900 miles of trail. And that's, that's stuck. But um, if you look at Hiking Trails of the Smokies, which is the official brown book, which is the official trail guide put out by another organization called the Great Smoky Mountains Association, um, you will see, and then you add them all up, you'll see there's about a little over 800 miles. But that doesn't mean that's all you're going to hike. You're going to hike 12, 1,300 miles to get those 800 miles. I have picked up the little brown book, and I, it, it's very valuable. Um, yes. And talking about all the trails. Um, so speaking of books, um, you're also an author. So, you know, you've taken your hiking experiences and also, you know, written about them. And, you know, one of your books that I had um, seen was Forest Alligators Battlefields, My Journey Through the National Parks of the South. and you know, in that you're talking about, you know, going into the the Great Smoky Mountains, among other, you know, parks and, you know, going through finding the cemeteries, finding the history um, and the knowledge, you know, about that. So I guess, you know, one of my thoughts was I think many visitors to the Smokies really forget, even though there's the artifacts there, they forget about, the, you know, this was land that people lived on and farmed and, you know, 
for many years um, before the and logs. <laughs> yes, and logs, definitely logs. Um, so, you know, was there something as you explored and kind of learned about those families and those different, you know, different cities and villages and, you know, what do you feel like you've taken away, you know, from that experience? Well, I think you understand the area better if you, uh, the general area, Western North Carolina and Tennessee, if you understand that people lived in a lot of places that are now public lands. And the cemeteries are a very obvious way of remembering that. There are over 200 cemeteries in the Smokies. And um, even if you do all 900 miles, you're not going to see most of them because by design they are on trails that are not on the map. But it's very easy to find them. If you're hiking and you see a trail, a good trail that says no horses, that's the key. The odds are that quickly leads you to a cemetery. And um, what I found most interesting is looking at some of the graves and looking at the young children, the toddlers, who so many died. Now, we know that in, uh, in, when we learn history, that these big families lost one, two, or more children in infancy. But when you see the actual grave, it really hits you. Wow. That, yeah, that's something, you you know, like you said, is, you know, being in the park, you know, on the main trail, it's things you, you don't necessarily come across. Um, but taking those, you know, taking it a step further, kind of getting, you know, off the, the main trail, you can, you know, locate the cemeteries, learn about the families. Um, so, you know, you're, you've done you know, the Smokies, you said, you know, there's, you know, different places you've hiked all over the world. Um, what's up next for you? What what are you looking, what's your next challenge? Well, it's, um not sure if I call it a challenge, but um, I've been, speaking of history, very enamored by uh, what is now a state forest in North Carolina called DuPont that uh, is amazing. It's got six amazing waterfalls that if they were harder to get to would be in National Geographic. But they're not. They're very easy to get to. And it's a state forest and I'm looking into the history of um, how we in North Carolina got this amazing land. And given the name DuPont, uh, you may know it had something to do with uh, the DuPont Corporation. And um, it's an example that as much as we hear about land being taken away from us, the public, in reality, we have more public land now, public land now, than we've ever had. And so I'm, uh, that's, it's not much of a physical challenge to hike all the trails there, but it's certainly an organizational challenge uh, to, to research it. And um, I've just finished the Camino de Santiago, which I'm sure you've heard of. Uh, came back last month, 
and um, still processing that, or at least processing the pictures. Yes. Do you feel like you know every kind of major trail or major experience you know you have on the trail? Um, how do you feel that lasts with you? Um, you know, do you, what are the impressions that you know stay stay with you um, as you go on to you know the next area? How much there is to explore every place. My family, my son, and daughter-in-law and grandkids live in the Midwest, which gets a bad rap. But I am taking them to trails that um, they've never heard of. And I say, hey, how come I've got to come from North Carolina to find this? And um, so there are trails every place. And there are um, great places to visit every place. So I don't, I bristle every time I hear people say, oh, there's nothing to do around here. They're walking now. Very good point. Sorry? Good point that I said you made a very good point that, um, you know, we need to explore the land around us and to appreciate the trails that are around us, you know, whether it's, you know, in the Midwest or, you know, there in, in Appalachia. So. That's right. Uh, there are some places that are kind of once in a lifetime uh, for most of us, like Yosemite and Yellowstone, you know, it's out there. And, uh, but there are plenty of places much closer to home that uh, you just need to get out there. They're not as well documented. Uh, they're not as high, but it doesn't matter. They're yours. Well, I want to thank you for spending some time with me this morning and, and talking about you know your experiences with the 900 miler as well as as you know other thoughts that you have about hiking and the community and things to really inspire. I think. Um, whoever you know, whatever you, wherever you may be, um, can be inspired by the hikes that um, that you are doing, you are leading, and um, we all you know, can get out there, especially um, you know with our friends and family, and and show them you know the beauty that that we firsthand see. Yep, you got it right. Thank you for talking to me. I appreciate it. I always love to talk about hiking. Well, I have learned a lot this morning from you and um, look forward to, um, you know, hearing about your latest adventures and um, and also um, to look up some of the hikes you're leading. So I'll, um, I'll put some links to that in my podcast notes as well so we can find out more information about um, the organization's um, in North Carolina and Friends of the Smokies, of course, that are uh, doing good things and helping people, um, you know, give back as well as learn about the land. Thank you. All right. To find out more about Danny, the books she's written, and the hikes that she's been on, look at my podcast notes for the links. Until next time, see you on the trail.